0: neighbor well hello there
1: i feel like i should have like a disney princess voice for this like
0: oh my gosh right oh my gosh that's so i can't i don't even know how. oh it's so wonderful to meet you all here today
2: (laughs) a nice one i i i I could try it
0: please do yes why hello there (laughs) well that's not bad now do the man (laughs) Which man? Well, the, the prince. The, oh. the prince, like, I've been dreaming. Yeah, sound like, sound like a conceived prince, please.
2: Oh, I was about to do Gaston, but I realized he's the best. Disney <laughs> set, so that yeah, technically go a little
0: bit more generic.
2: All right. Oh. I am here to see my love, Giselle.
0: <laughs> there it is.
2: That oh, was perfect. I've been dreaming. No, anyway. <laughs>
1: Uh, hello everyone, and welcome to Animusings Plus. Uh, I am your host, Kayla King. I'm joined by my husband, David King.
2: Greetings!
1: And we are joined by the lovely and royal, well, not royal blood, but... I, what I are, one, of these,
2: one of these things applies.
1: Uh, Paprika. Hello. Uh, a returning Good guest. Good morning.
2: <laughs> Good morrow!
1: Good morrow, dear sir! dear dear lady and dear dear, dear goth
0: emo <laughs> dear dear peasants <laughs> right
2: we are off the rails already
0: yeah yeah this is gonna be interesting what are we talking about uh, uh
2: well, what are we talking about it's, a, so, it's a movie
0: um my gosh we i think we're done. talking about nwa right
2: <laughs> I think so yeah so anyway uh
1: we, we have not done a Disney plus in so long it's
2: true well we've done we have to use the funny thing is that we would have done a Disney plus for this but this movie isn't on Disney plus
1: oh I know mm-hmm. um oh yeah, wait, no, and that, Animus- which is of course <laughs> I meant Animusings plus. I knew what
2: you meant dear oh my I'm goodness yeah, yeah. I was giving you this, a hard time because I love you again
1: we are off the rails already just like the movie we we're going to discuss uh this is enchanted <laughs> ah if you haven't guessed <laughs> um luckily because it is an anime and things plus um it's this one's a little more freeform of course i'm still always going to give the background history behind uh the movies we discussed so that way uh going into it um you have a better understanding of why this happened why did this why does this movie exist what is this <laughs> stop making fun
2: of me no i'm going I'm, uh, who's I'm making fun of anyone why how <laughs> no i do want to know okay first of all i have a question for you sure what year is this
1: it's 2007
2: oh we've really gone ahead that far huh
1: yeah it's november 2007
2: in no time which at is all.
1: literally the year i think i graduated high school um i graduated high school the year after
2: on that note, though, I was gonna say we couldn't find this movie on Disney Plus. We had to watch it elsewhere, which is kind of shocking to me.
1: Yeah, I'm shocking. It's I'm shocked it's not in Disney Plus. Like it's an Enchanted. It's basically a love letter to Disney. Like, um, I mean, that's what the director called it. It's a giant love letter to Disney. Uh I'll, I'll jump into the history because yes,
0: please, because I want to hear this. So- I have my own ideas, so. <laughs> uh so uh the script was originally written by uh bill
1: kelly and um was purchased by uh disney touchstone pictures on in 1997 uh the script though was a l- lot different it was more rated r mm. so
2: that's right because touch Co- touchstone could get away with that
1: touchstone can but even so it it was um kind to be like so it was written in the vein of like American Hot Summer or um, or American Hot Wet Summer? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen
2: that. Wet, Wet Hot American. American Wet Hot, Summer. Hot
0: American Summer. I, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I funny. don't think I've ever seen that movie. Neither have I. Um. So, but this is what they call a uh, Porky's, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a Porky's. So basically, she
1: still is stepping out of an animated film. She's still Disney princess-like, but um, she More ends teenagers? up teenagers. But she ends up at a bachelor party where she gets mistaken for the stripper
2: entertainment.
1: But because it got bought by Disney, it got rewritten many different times. Mm. Uh, That's not even to say about the number of directors it's gone through. Oh my goodness. Um, Originally, Rob Marshall was uh, slated to direct. And the film was going to be released in 2002. But then um, they had parted ways. uh, they said it was due to creative differences, but uh, let's be honest, he did it because um, he got the chance to direct uh, Chicago.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: oh okay.
2: <clears throat> Can't say I blame him.
1: And then after that, John Turtletaub, uh who's the director of National Treasure, was um, announced to be the new director, but then that fell through. And then uh, Adam, Adam Shankman, who, is, who directed The Pacifier, was also considered. Um, there is one man though, who really, really wanted this film. He, uh, he begged for five years and that man is Kevin Lima. Oh, he did a goofy movie. Yep. Uh, he was the director of a goofy movie. He's an animator. Yeah. He really wanted to do this film. Um, and, uh, he, cause he said, this is a man who, who without a doubt loves Disney. This is, uh, so... Like every article I read, he says, I first saw uh, Jungle Book when I was a kid and I knew this is what I wanted to do. And um, if you, whenever you watch movies, there's always some small reference to like uh, old Disney or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: so what he did was um, to finally convince them is he came up with the idea to basically decorate his whole office, which is a whole building floor with the visual storyboard printouts about his idea for Enchanted from beginning to end.
2: Wow. And okay. then
1: finally, they just said, fine, you can do it. You're
0: this passionate about it, you yeah. better do a good job. Um,
2: and that's how you know. <laughs> that's, that's how funny. you know he's the one.
0: So because one of the things I, you... yeah, I love that song. So, yeah, we'll get that so, over. We
2: are going to get to that. Oh mm. my
0: gosh. Um, because he, uh,
1: one of the things he said was, um, I think there was this feeling that in order to succeed in the current marketplace, there had to be this level of cynicism. He, uh, they want, so basically they were hoping to have it perform like Shrek, and he said, "No, let's embrace who we are. Make it a love letter to Disney."
2: I mean, that was the big problem I had with Chicken Little is it was so cynical and so dated and so felt like a, like it was trying to be like a Shrek kind of, you know what I mean? Um, so.
1: Now, this is actually the first feature-length Disney live-action traditional animation hybrid since Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Wow. That was in 1988.
0: All right. So So this was a a ripe idea at the time, basically.
1: Well, not ripe idea. It's just been so long since they had done something like this.
0: That's what I mean by, yeah. So Mm -hmm. it was time to do it again.
1: That's kind of what I mean. Well, here's here's the funny thing, though. Disney didn't animate the two uh, D animation. They couldn't who did. Well, uh, the reason they couldn't animate it as two uh, D because they clo- by that time they closed the uh, their two D animation department.
2: A yeah. really bad idea. So That's a really that, bad idea, Disney.
0: That surprises me. So okay.
1: Luckily, um, an old Disney animator, James Baxter, who like here's well known. He is he. He uh, animated Belle for Beauty and the Beast and Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay, so uh, he created his own independent animation company called um, uh, James Baxter Animation, and they hired his independent company to animate the 2D animation because they said he knows he already knows what to do, like he he has the formula, he
0: knows the style, right. so. So they still use Disney animators after they fired them. That's <laughs> what you're telling me. Well, he
1: wasn't fired. He left, and then um, well, moved. they they closed the department. They laid everyone off, right? Ah, uh, that's true. But it, like James Baxter wasn't a part of that. Um, he okay. he left before that. But uh, a lot of actually uh, of the two D animators uh, ended up going to the three D anime edition.
0: Oh yeah
1: like um and actually that was god that was such a harsh thing to hear like the new ceo said we are doing 3d and if you can't learn it go goodbye like
2: (laughs) yeah i'm not this is like i've said to people before this is a, a, a period of disney history i am not a big fan of and was not a big fan of at the time either and that's why so many of these movies I've never seen so other than
0: an idea of the other movies other Disney movies that are being made in the years the the years surrounding this movie
2: Um, The best thing I can say is that shortly before this the last feature animated traditional film was Home on the Range which was like Uh a a few years before this and then okay and then after that was Chicken Little
0: and then um, oh
2: ooh. After this is Meet the Robinsons. Oh gosh,
1: um, and then uh, then Bolt, then Bolt, um, and then a little before this, so before Home on the Range, all these things that just have no staying power, right? Yeah, uh, Treasure Planet and Brother Bear. I think the biggest one, uh, but this came out in early two thousands, uh, was Lilo and Stitch. Okay, so, like I think that's probably the biggest film. That has had a staying power during this "quote unquote" Disney period,
2: okay, which is unfortunate because, so, as we've talked about before, I really liked Treasure Planet. I really liked Atlantis. They're right. they're kind of unsung, um, like different that's, kind of movies. Yeah, that's
0: that's the creative. You can sort of see like this creative energy that's being channeled into those movies that's just you know about to disappear, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it, it it evaporates, and then you've got movies like Chicken Little, but then right then we got i'm mm -hmm. yeah but then but so this is what's going on at the time so you can see why the studio kind of evaporated too because they like they had no confidence. well the the ceos the people in charge they had no confidence in the studio and they're like we need to keep up with the trends we need to be 3d and it's just yeah
1: well the tough part was um in 2003 shrek did such a good job and was such a hit, and it was created by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was je- fired from Disney.
2: So, oh my gosh, my 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 frustration with that. But anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> I'm just so tired of Jeffrey just putting <laughs> being around in general <laughs> in this podcast. I do not want to talk about him anymore, and yet his shadow <laughs> looms large and always will. So, um, just to
1: for reference um this film came out november 21st 2007 in the united states um um it actually was released earlier in the uk weirdly enough uh but the budget was 85 million and they grossed
0: 340.5 million worldwide so it was yeah definitely- but knowing disney do they actually consider that a success
1: yeah this was actually okay. a success all right yeah um uh it's also the fact they got a lot of positive reviews
0: as well Mm -hmm. Um, i see here that they had they were nominated for a whole bucket load of awards
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that popped up quite a bit in their positive reviews is they praised amy adams performance like they kept saying how great she was in her performance Mm -hmm. and the one theme that popped up a bit a lot more was it appeals to every age. That was one mm-hmm. thing that they're like, wow, it, I can't believe this movie is coming out and it's actually for ev- it's a film for everyone, not just kids or not just adults. Like mm-hmm. that was uh people uh a lot of reviewers really like that. Um and yeah, this when, when when we say this is a giant love letter/self-parody of Disney, It is no joke.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: so one of the things... um, uh, And I actually can point these out because young Kayla loved this. 17-year-old Kayla loved this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Because I was a Disney geek. And this was like... This was like a movie for me. I could pick out all the references. And I could do that still now. Especially after this podcast. Um, So there's a lot of things that pop up in the film that that are subtle nods to Disney films. Like uh, one example is when they're in uh, the Grand Duke Hotel, which that's a reference to a character from Cinderella and the Prince, uh, Prince Edward has a broken leg and all that. And they're, going, they're flipping through channels on the TV. They see a, uh, a soap opera
0: up here. And you can hear mm-hmm. the Beauty and the Beast theme in the background. I heard that, yeah, briefly. And then it, the last the last note is different, something like that. The actress in that, that's
1: Paige O'Hara. She was the voice of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Right, right, okay. And then uh, she says, get away from me, Jerry. Jerry is a reference to Jerry Orbach, who was the voice of um uh, Lumiere in Beauty and It's kind of insane how in depth this can get. Like, I mean, we'll yeah. talk about
2: some of the references as we go. Well, but like,
0: uh, what's I, I I mean, I'm I'm I've watched Disney as well. I, I wouldn't describe myself as a Disney geek. I probably wasn't able to pick out all the references mm-hmm. um, throughout my you know whatever. But what I thought was more interesting was how they they used. Um, they use the references to sort of code the fairy tale story and, and use them kind of ironically in the real world. That's what I thought was interesting. Right.
2: Oh yeah. I think so, some, of the, some of the best bits in the movie are where you see how a Disney thing would happen in, in a, in a real space. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all been, I mean, I definitely want to talk about the 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 highest point of the movie, which is that's how you know. But yeah, um, well,
0: yeah, well, but, for sure. But one thing I want to point out is the end the end scene. They have the ball, right? The kings right. and queens ball, or whatever. Because of this is a Disney princess movie. There's a ball at the end. What they did there was interesting. Where and they had all of the real people, so to speak, dressed up as fairy tale princes and princesses, but the one real princess was dressed up as like what a hollywood starlet or something yeah she like uh, that's how she stood out she didn't wear a you know a bright blue dress um uh you know made by her fairy godmother she she used you know daddy's credit card (laughs) that's
2: right that's right (laughs) that was
0: interesting yeah, and there's
2: never any consequences for that, that credit card. That feels
0: a little no, flawed to me. That
2: part
1: was <laughs> Yeah, little... no,
0: for sure. But it's, it's just like an example, right? No, so um,
1: one of the things Kevin Lima has said um, is that the story is about a woman who grows past the small world where she came from and becomes a more fully formed person. Mm-hmm. And that was the idea that they try to keep throughout the whole film. That's why at the end of the film she's dressed in a like you said like a kind of hollywood starlet um has a more
0: uh modern feel to her outfit you could argue that it's a uh, it's a little mer it's a little mermaid reference because she's wearing a mermaid gown (laughs) Oh my God, that's right.
2: She does have the red hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: they and it's
1: the same thing. They they mentioned that it's the same thing with the music. It the way the music uh, or the songs are chosen in the order they are. They start from True Love's Kiss, which is probably the most Disney of Disney films. Sure. And then it moves to more modern songs. Um, Happy Working Song is still pretty Disneyfied, but there's still like st- references to like vermin. Real- vacuums Mm. like there's toilets yeah there's a modern feel to it and then that's how you know is like
2: it's that's the the bridge
1: that's the bridge this is basically a hollywood not hollywood number. it's a broadway musical number this feels yes and so then it so it leads back into reality and then the next song is so close which is still like a soft um romantic type song. And it's still in the film. There is a person still singing
2: it. Sung by a vaguely gravelly voiced guy. So as we were hearing it, I leaned toward Kayla and I went, look at this photograph. Uh, this... Every time it makes me laugh.
0: Well, it's funny. It kind of reminded me of that R&B song at the end of Aladdin, right? Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Um, and then the movie ends with uh, the song "Ever After" by Carrie Underwood, which is basically a pop song. But the interesting right. part is it's a uh, it's non diegetic which means that it's a it's the only song where a person in the scene doesn't sing it. Like it's actually just a background mm-hmm. song. Oh, like, good
2: point. I didn't even think about that. Okay.
1: So th- th- it again it transitions from musical number disneyfied uh looking for true love's kiss and then ends in the real world Mm -hmm. so and that and that was the whole idea again woman from small world is only supposed to believe this one view and then it changes as Mm -hmm. she becomes more of a fully formed person
0: does it work
2: kind of
1: kind of well
0: i uh, this is, okay, so what do we want to talk about first? Because I have so, so much to say. Um, one thing, you're mentioning the music. And the other thing I noticed was the uh, the, the aspect ratio. Yes, that, that actually does change. Mm-hmm. That changes. In the beginning when she's in the small world, she has a smaller aspect ratio. And then one thing I noticed is right specifically at the 10-minute mark, she gets put into the real world. Mm-hmm which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they timed that very and, well.
0: Yeah. And like, you don't even notice they, they make the, they make it seamless, right? Yeah. Where There's like a, 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 like a meteor where she enters the sewer and then all of a sudden it's full aspect ratio. Uh, there, Chris Abismi and I were like checking the tea set to make sure there was nothing wrong with. Our
2: <laughs> um, I love that kind of stuff though. That kind of meta context. Right. And of course it's like, it's hard to tell the aspect ratio is different because she starts in pl- complete darkness, uh, But then like the camera slowly turns upside down. So you realize that she's not looking down into this thing, but she's looking up through a a manhole cover. Mm -hmm. And then gravity, they don't even acknowledge that gravity is switched. It's just like this magical transition that's all only done through a camera rotation. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool.
1: I, I gotta give him props. They actually filmed in New York. Like this is legit New York, not like soundstage and Yeah, like... she's
2: she's there in Times Square, and oh know. yeah,
1: she's actually in a manhole. Like yeah. this is Amy Adams actually was in a big poofy dress that weighed forty pounds, and was in a manhole. Mm-hmm. I give I'm her a manhole.
0: Did, and then her dress magically gets cleaned overnight, <laughs> like because yes. it's white in the morning.
2: Right. Um. <laughs> it's a Disney dress, though. That's what happens. It, there's she a, took there's, it with her from andalasia so
0: right a little off topic but there's a uh, the guy that she meets uh this the first uh, the, the main sewer guy who's working on the sewer the construction worker yeah mm-hmm, who when they're they're keeping trying to repair the sewer which makes no sense because i don't see how the sewer was damaged in the first place yeah they meet they meet this group of construction re- workers and the one that talks plays the devil and your pretty face is going to hell and oh really? Like, really? Yes, yes. And I, once I figured that out, I was like, "Holy shit, This guy's amazing." <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a that was a fun little cameo for us. That's well, super but, cool. Uh, I besides thought the point. He looked
1: familiar. I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, this guy sounds familiar," and I couldn't figure out for the life of me. But um.
0: Uh, but oh my goodness, that's awesome. <laughs> I
2: love that.
0: Um, yeah. So there's a story about this princess. Who who slowly you know uh, not only comes to the big city but becomes a more fully realized person.
2: Uh, I realize, I mean, on a technicality, like it's funny they point out, like, are you a princess? You know, when there's that part where little Morgan yeah, not says, not yet, yes. not yet, but I'm going to be." And it's interesting because she's like, she has all the aspects that would make her a princess, like usually people on the outside would just go, "Yeah, she's a princess," because that's how princesses are coded in these movies. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. technically, she's not. But she's well, got what do all- we?
0: Qualities. What do we call her if we don't call her a princess? Well, but
2: though? we should call her she, a princess.
0: So, Disney, but you, but the a thing fair is, maiden? What,
2: what mm-hmm. I realized, though, she never becomes a princess.
1: No, she doesn't. But, never
2: once in the movie.
1: Well, that's why she's not part of the Disney princess line. But yeah. um, mm. the interesting part is uh, the Disney princess line is very... It, it's not exactly... Oh, they're just all princesses. Technically, a lot of, uh, quite a few of them don't begin as princesses. Belle was didn't start as a princess. Neither did Cinderella. Um,
2: they sometimes include Alice, in that and Alice isn't a princess. Yeah,
1: Mulan gets included all the time. She, she
2: Mulan is, is not a she's princess. She's a
1: noble. She's a noble, right? She, she's no, like Chinese mm-hmm.
0: royal um, nobility. She's not, no, she's not. She, but her house, her family is not like, affluent in China. They're affluent. They're not nobility. Okay. But there's some, there's because, some sort of oh, Are they affluent the word. because
2: of her her father's military service or is it just because they have no, a long No, they dime? have a
0: house. They have they have like a long they have a long ancestry they, that's they're true. the house of Mulan, right? Or Fa, right? They're the house, yeah, the, the of, house, fa. house of Fa. They're Fa, there's fa Mulan.
1: But like isn't that just kind of like a family house? Like Right, uh, but
2: so they they come from a long line they don't a, live a, like a long peasants. established distinguished line. So This yeah. is important. No, it isn't. I would describe
0: them as Chinese nobles because
2: that's they, fair. They
0: they have a house, they have some semblance of servants, right? They mm-hmm. all sit together and eat at a table. Like doesn't happen everywhere in the world at that time.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: Pocahontas is also one of those that gets thrown in and eh, she's the daughter of a chief.
0: chief. Mm-hmm. Again, it princess is less of it's a loose term. My question is. Is she not a princess because she's technically not a princess or because they couldn't make money off of merchandising her as an animated figure? That's the reason why, because they can't really use Amy Adams likeness uh, right.
1: to do that. They actually, because I looked into it, I'm like, well, she's technically in that Disney right. princess sort of field. Why isn't she? Because it's Amy, it's Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. You can't exactly use Amy Adams' likeness
0: but they're still dolls of her it's just they can't really put her in well they'd kind of do that though. So with so that like like chris pratt pratt is basically star lord if basically, we're in an yeah. action figure four that's true form they can do that like why can't they do that i think another
1: um, i think another reason too is also you're you're right at the end she doesn't end up as a pr- princess she becomes an adult woman like a modern adult woman uh, for the most part like there's 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 yeah. there's things in this
0: movie i'm like i you know, we got, we have to talk about some of these things we have to talk about these things we are because going
2: to
0: this movie i'm going to preface it with this two things first thing it's impossible to watch this movie without smiling the entire time yes it is a very unless fun are like unless you're like a bis me or you're a <sighs> sociopath right one or the other um the other thing I would say is that I have listened to Lindsay Ellis talk about this movie Mm -hmm. and my opinion is heavily weighted based on some of the reads that she has given and I'm like oh shit she's right (laughs) she's right about some of it too so um can talk about all that but I don't know where you want to start from here
2: well we we kind of delved into it a little bit but um this is an animation podcast. We should talk brief, at the very least, briefly about the animated parts. Just to okay, like, acknowledge the technical the technicalness of it. Now I know you said that this was uh, this was outsourced this yes. animation, but it was from the hands of our, our old pal, James Baxter.
0: I saw I, I saw a Pumba uh cameo in there too. Yep, yep. I Pumba's yeah. in in the end. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's in the lineup of animals.
0: You can see his you can see Pumba's Pumba. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, no, Timon, in anywhere to be seen though. So uh,
0: okay. I feel like the
1: animated part, uh, the Disney Princess World, Andalasia, takes more from Snow White than anything. It just—I really,
0: was thinking Sleeping Beauty, but okay, uh, they're both. Is,
2: I'd it's, say, but I'd say, yeah, in terms of the beats of like the prince and the. Oh,
0: that's true. There is that whole, living in the
2: house in the woods, and
0: that is a little more well, Sleeping Beauty. specifically. We, we had just recently watched Sleeping Beauty, and one of the things I've noticed is that in Sleeping Beauty, the, the, the titular princess has like three actual sentences, and then she sings a song and that's it. Yeah. In the beginning of this movie, Amy Adams is that character. She's literally obsessed with a guy. Mm-hmm. She sings to the guy. She intends to marry the guy. Like, this is Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. That's, that's what happens in Sleeping Beauty. That's true. The only the whole, difference is there's no three fairies. That's true,
1: because I, I will say one of the issues in Sleeping Beauty, and I, we've discussed this in the previous, the, our Sleeping Beauty episode, is the fact that it's not, It's despite being called Sleeping Beauty, it's not her story. And right. it, that is, as a result, we don't have the focus on her. We have the focus on minor characters, which makes no sense. And that, like, don't get me wrong. I like the minor characters, but that's their
2: story when is, they advertise it as Aurora's right. story.
1: Exactly, but yeah. but you are correct, actually, because the in terms of when Aurora comes on scene, her first goal is, oh, I I just dreamt of this guy that I really love, and mm-hmm. I <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna talk to my animal friends about it, and. That's why they do a whole like joke dance with like, oh look, you're how cute this owl's wearing like the princess clothes, and they dance, and then they mm-hmm. finally meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the it's the ending though, like uh, like the uh, the quickness of oh we're gonna get married is the is the Snow White part because they immediately leave. Okay.
0: Uh, I haven't mention- seen Snow White in a long time, so I yeah. can't I can't comment on that. <laughs> but no, it's um, fair.
1: yeah, the way they What's- walk into the sunlight or
0: on on a horse, it's very much like the end of Snow okay. White. All right. The other thing is we only have ten minutes, right? So basically, this fair maiden who's technically not a princess has not is not being taken taken care of anybody. Yet, so we don't know her situation like at all. No, and I think that's really interesting. It they may have shoved it under the rug on purpose, mm-hmm. but it think matters because they talk about the the love interest's wife and the little girl's mother, and they mm-hmm. make no uh, no references. No, they do not set up the print this maiden at all to have any sort of like real connection. So they, they keep having her do these scenes where she's really sorry or she's really sad but she has no like we have no idea if she has a real sense of of tragedy about it because there's nothing personal about her in this movie other than she's lost yeah that's it she has no she has no dora she has no fairy parents she has no real parents she has no grandparents like stepmother you know, it's just something interesting I noticed. But they only have ten minutes to tell her story, so th- that's one of the fl- uh, flaws about the movie uh, is mm-hmm. the fact you're right. We
1: don't know her background story, and but they, it- I, I know probably the reason why is in Disney movies usually you're kind of dropped in, like in mm-hmm. Snow White, you're you are dropped in in her life, and she's just like, oh, I wish for a prince while I'm doing this. But you know her situation. That that's the one difference with Snow White. Sleeping Beauty, even Cinderella, you know their situations. Snow White mm-hmm. is you. Snow White's backstory is the fact that she, um, it, like she's living under her stepmother who uh, who's now the queen and has turned her into a servant,
2: okay. and she
1: wants to ex- she wants to escape. But she because she's fourteen and a child, she thinks the only way is through a Prince. Uh, you know, with Cinderella, that a similar situation. Her stepmother. Uh, has basically taken her on as a guardian and has just basically mm-hmm. made a servant in her own household and um but with cinderella it's more she wants to escape like she mm-hmm. actually has
0: there's great... a want versus need complex right well there's her also a,
1: for her there's it is also a need as well because mm-hmm. she know like she knows her situation she actually is sarcastic um, I will defend Cinderella to the end, because there's, like, after watching that <laughs> as, film, as I'm like, yeah. uh, Sleeping Beauty, no, boring character. Uh, but we still know her backstory. We still know that she's been with uh, Aurora. Like, she's born, she's cursed. So in order to try and protect her, she's now living in the woods with these people. We don't know that about Giselle. And right, it, they didn't throw a sentence in there and nothing, right? And, that, and all the, it's very simple to do, because... All they could have done is had Julie Andrews, who is narrating the beginning, mm-hmm. explain Giselle's story. Like once upon a time, Giselle does this, and then
2: what's interesting though is she—it sounds mm-hmm. she presents the prince's story more than she does. You know, his the prince's stepmother doesn't want him to find a bride, yes, because if he does, he'll claim the crown, and she won't be queen anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's more about him than it is about her in terms of this sort of setup.
0: Yes. Which is interesting. Which may be. Normally, yes. the
2: prince gets no setup. Yeah. That's... Prince Charming in Snow White gets no setup. He's no. just there. He's the
0: prince. The princess is his setup.
2: It's a role reversal, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Cinderella, same thing. He's just there. He's a prince. There's not much else to it. And then um, with Sleeping Beauty, he's just a, well, we,
2: we know that we know more about him.
1: We do know Philip, more about him. Philip
2: gets a little bit more. OK, savvy.
1: I'll give Philip a little more credit. I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say
2: Edward takes what do a little we know bit about more Philip? after Prince Philip as an archetype. So, so Prince so.
1: Philip, we
0: actually see like he's a five-year-old when like five, six years. Oh, or, right, right, right. And that's the swan princess kind of takes after that, too, where they meet up as children. They hate each other or whatever, well, their children together. It, yeah.
1: It, well, not exactly. He only meets her once when she's an infant. Sure. And then never sees her again until she's 16 and he's like, I don't, mm-hmm. don't know, 20-something. Um, right. Who knows? And then he does fall in love with her. But we do know that they were betrothed to be married. We do see their parents interact with each other. And um, we do know that they got together to like make sure that, um, that she's remained safe. And he does- so we do understand his background situation. It's boring, but
0: it's like, we know it. Um, yeah, there's an arranged marriage. Their, their kings want their kingdoms to be at peace. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, here there's just a, a pretty, pretty prince and a pretty, pretty princess.
2: which and she is already like, has weird once power again, and animals. They friends.
0: only have 10 minutes. Yeah, so they're just, they're just going into the princess uh, drawer and pulling out a couple of factoids and putting them into a movie. Right,
2: it's not... It's not important. No, Giselle. She can story talk is not to important.
0: animals. She sings to animals. She sings well. She makes clothes, and she lives in the forest. There we she go. Has, we got a princess.
2: If you know, it's she's like uh, the idea is like you don't need to know that much about her because she's a living trope. She is every right, Disney exactly. princess, or, exactly. or how and people I, imagine I, Disney princesses and I to think be. That's
1: the idea behind it. Uh, again. Kevin Lee's story: Person from a small town becomes a fully formed woman, and I mm-hmm. think that's the, the idea. Technically, she's not much of a fully formed character, and then mm-hmm. as it progresses, she does develop a personality. You do discover that uh, she has uh, thoughts and wants, and gets angered by things. Yeah. And pot and um, it so it's it there is a reasoning behind it mm-hmm. like again not fully formed not, we don't really know much about her but then she starts to become somewhat of a right. person it's yeah. just it, my problem with it it's not as fully realized as it could have been
0: uh i think i think it's a casualty and i think they left it out on purpose honestly no, th- considering
1: i think you're right i think they did leave it out on purpose but i think it's because it's not fully formed fully formed woman becomes fully formed woman mm-hmm. but as i mentioned before as i'm saying right now it's the goal is there i can see what they're trying to do it doesn't quite make that mark and like one of the things is they they keep bringing up is like oh how could you just fall in
0: love with someone you just met and versus- this is kind of the genesis of that the only other and as far as disney goes the only other movie is swan princess right that that does this uh no swan princess is not disney right okay
1: uh, Frozen what? did it though. Frozen did uh, Frozen, oh, oh, Yeah, but how much later after this is Frozen? A
2: lot, a lot, We're lot later. We're talking 2013.
1: Beauty and the Beast actually did a very smart thing. They did take time to get this these two people to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how long they are together, like in the castle we can just estimate but
0: mm. we really don't Long know how- enough for them to get to know each other which is literally the point it's a tautology it's exactly on so right.
1: they are they're they're one of the uh, few couples in like that disney renaissance history or the disney princess line that actually does take their time to get to know each other and develop a relationship mm-hmm. and it's not just oh you're someone i just met so right. let's get together and that's
2: the joke though that's the conceit yeah. of this one is like right. then we shall be married Tuesday in the morning, morning. They've, oh, met, they've, Giselle. Said, they've said two words to how
0: each long other. have you known each other <laughs> oh well it will have only been one day and tomorrow it will be two days
2: <laughs> uh,
0: it's beautiful so it it's so beautiful this is the point 10 minutes beautifully simplistic some and details right. fall by the wayside but whatever she's a princess what it's else both- do you want to know
2: it's both a tribute and a lampoon, isn't yes. it silly that the, we in older Disney films this happened? Yes. So yeah, and you know, the animated segment also does. I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about the animated segment was just because I was thinking about the the animation itself. But then again, like I think, which is, it, I think it does its job. I really right. like though the the points where they do mingle but the live action animation. I love the stuff where the evil sorceress queen whose oh name yeah i cannot remember she's just the evil sorceress queen in my mind yeah she has a name it's susan sarandon
1: and susan sarandon is mm-hmm. basically
2: she's uh, very good but mm-hmm. <laughs> i love the way that she keeps projecting what it's, it's nerissa nerissa. Nerissa. Queen so nerissa, nerissa. Queen nerissa queen nerissa queen nerissa keeps projecting herself through Bodies of water or liquid, yeah,
0: in really cute ways, right?
2: Yeah, like love... in,
0: in an aquarium or in the back of a water jug or something. That was awesome. Best oh, yeah.
2: moment, honestly. Perfect is example is when she's in the soup talking to Nathaniel. And
1: you see, like right. there's the trick where she pulls the apple down and becomes animated, and then it bobs back up to reality.
0: Right. That's I love oh, that. it's boiling in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like that's the perfect example, right? We get some um, some fairy tale coding in the real world, and it's done kind of a way where it subverts your expectations slightly. Yeah. Like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But I will say this New York is not exactly...
2: It's not
0: dingy, it's not grimy, it's not real New York. It's not real New York. No, it's Disney New York, but it has to be for this to be a family-friendly movie.
2: Well, even the grimy parts are kind of not grimy enough. Like, even when when a hobo steals her tiara. Well, it's facetiously
0: grimy, right? Because we have the scene where she's talking to the animals and we have the cockroaches cleaning things. Right, and the dirty rats like using their bodies to dry dishes. It's facetiously grimy. Yes. This film is okay.
2: I all I can think about is that old that the way that that old that old hobo runs away, just like. "Ah, ah, ah, ah."
1: The facetious edge, though, it's funny enough because. I I think the reason why. When I was seventeen, or like at least as a teenager, I was like, "Wow, this does have an edge to it." I, th- um, and it's still funny to me, even now. Is the fact it is being compared to something so saccharine? Sac? Yeah. Mm. It, it, again, it's a she's still a very saccharine Disney princess with bright right. red hair and a big poofy dress, and she's being helped that by. She like, supposedly pigeons. made
0: herself that her
1: silkworms helped her bake. Yes, but she's helped by like pigeons and rats. But there is like a couple of great moments where she's like looking at him and she's like oh uh and there's a point where like the, their rat is like licking itself on
0: <laughs> yeah no i'm pretty sure this is i love actually in this movie they they juxtapose the real animation or the, the computer graphic animation against the 2D animation and this is probably the only movie that i actually like computer graphic animation in mm-hmm. because it's so appropriate here yeah because they're literally comparing the two types of animation and you can see one is clearly prettier than the other yeah in my opinion but um but yeah so like they d- it was perfect for the little rodent the pip
2: yeah for pip yes yeah
0: they they were able to to give him a personality that wasn't grading uh in in uh, computer graphic animation you know which i thought was really cool
1: uh first off um so I'm gonna just bring like uh, bring up this because um in the chicken little film um, I erroneously uh said that Gary Marshall was Jewish he's not Jewish he is a New Yorker that is it. he's basically leaning into his New York accent and I am so sorry for making that mistake but new but New York does have um or parts of New York do have very strong accents Mm-hmm. Pip has a very strong New York accent when he's in Andalasia, oh, yeah, which I don't under, which is a weird choice. Yeah, it is. He it, it is loses a weird it. choice.
2: He probably loses very, it when he goes tale, to New York. It.
1: No, it's it not. He's like, got, he, he's like, all right, all right. I, I can't even do it correctly. But it's yeah, like, we're not
0: from we're not from there. No, no, but it's totally a New York accent, and and I, it's kind of ironic that he can't speak in New York. <laughs>
1: yeah but then when he's in he has like this heavy New York accent
0: yeah it's like he's about to sit, call everyone toots or babe or something right
1: <laughs> but I will say the people who come from the animated world and when they end up in the real world they're having the time of their lives Oh James, my Marston gosh. James is, Marsden is having a
0: blast like he is so going all into it can, it I, is- can I say something here? Sure. so what so um so amy adams james Mm -hmm. marsden specifically are doing stage acting yes in a cinematic movie yes and it works yes super well absolutely they're that's how they differentiate themselves from the realistic world is by pretending they're in a play and it's so unbelievably cool and it's fun to watch right cuz they're doing all these exaggerated movements and loud voices and uh, exaggerated sounds and uh, it's, it's it's hmm uh, in- a- amy in my opinion it seems like amy adams was born for this role too oh yeah she, <laughs>
1: she's doing an amazing job there's not a there's points when i have to remind myself oh yeah amy adams is this is playing this person I, but when I watch it, I'm like, "No, this is Giselle. This is totally this character. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: to be to be completely fair too, I also think Timothy Spall. Uh, is doing an incredible job with this too. Oh as, yes, as Nathaniel, yes. because not yes. only is he doing the whole kind of simpering sidekick villain, but Liz uh, very well. But he's also doing the ridiculous disguises and the accents, and it's completely unbelievable. Those get a little—they right. do,
0: they do, but they're purposefully so, and it's. Oh, I love it. It yeah. just it works here for some reason. It it's over the top because it's supposed to be. It's not out of place. Right. He is
2: an animated character doing what an animated villain character would do. Same he, with Susan Sarandon. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah, Susan. And he has the hardest job, I think, because he he's not just doing stage acting. In my opinion, he's kind of. He's kind of crossing over in between the two because he has to blend into the environment. I guess it doesn't feel like he's stage acting the same way the two leads are to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. But
2: yeah, but it it works. Like he uh-huh. feels like the kind of character that you would obviously see through the disguise of if you weren't right. these two characters. If you
0: well, and by the time Susan Sarandon inserts the picture, she's just normal acting. You know, she's just saying, "Oh, you know, she just she just fainted. I have no idea what happened to her. You know."
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. The That's one, so good. the one. Okay, I like Patrick Dempsey. I don't think. He,
0: okay, yeah, he could kind have of been better cast, maybe.
1: Yeah, the. I think the reason that I find him funny in this is his reactions to all the weird stuff that happens is amazing. Just his like his face, just like is so confused and uh-huh. just baffled, and it's those moments I'm like laughing. But at the same time, he has no chemistry with Amy mm. Adams, mm. so I don't believe their love. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe it at all. I'm like, but no.
2: neither does he have chemistry with um, Adina Menzel. No, so. he has mm. none
0: with her either. But um. yeah, no, I- yeah, I see what you're saying. He, he was in, in a weird, ironic way. He's the prince that they kind of smushed together and said, "Now kiss," right? Yeah, but. It it doesn't really. Uh, yeah, there's there's some there's something meta about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you have the prince that she's supposed to end up with and they don't match and you have kind of a second prince now who is who's a prince in the real world. He owns he owns property in fucking New York, right?
2: <laughs> really says like something.
0: He, yeah. With a daughter, divorce he's got a lot so. of space. He he's has a, a, but, but yeah. Room. And then,
2: of course, the contrast, like Kayla said, he's a divorce lawyer. He's divorced. Yes. He himself is divorced. And it was probably right. It's implied a very messy divorce because he has sole custody of his kid.
0: Okay, and now that's that. This part of the story, I think, is very well written. The character is well written because what I it took me a while to get it, but he was trying to get with Adina Menzel's character because it's exactly the opposite of what he's attracted to, and he doesn't want a woman to leave him. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it took me a while to get that. So he actually wanted a whimsy person, a whimsical person, but he didn't trust whimsical person because people, because they left him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's kind of what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And th- maybe that could have been talked about a little bit more. Maybe he could
1: have talked about like his relationship with his wife. Like, I mean, it's like, we used to have fun. We used to do this, but
0: then yeah. it got more.
1: The it needs world to be emphasized
0: in. a little bit because when you take that out of the story, what you are left with is career woman bad Non mm-hmm. sewing, happy singing, pretty woman, good, right? But
2: except, what's interesting is that Adina Menzel's character ends up with Edward because yeah. she wants that fairy tale gesture. She wants well, the big romantic, yeah. But that's giant, not ex- chivalrous yeah, gesture. But, but that's it,
0: yeah. That's like not very yeah. much. It, it's it, not together with. It no. feels out of nowhere. It right. kind of does. I don't like. I don't well, I mean, I,
2: it's kind of hinted at when it's kind of hinted at when she gets the the heart flowers during the song and she's like this is such a great gesture this is very romantic and she's super wooed by it Mm -hmm. and that's the first hint that this is the kind of thing that appeals to her where before that they'd just been sending each other like romantic e-cards and talking about things as if it was just business
0: yes and then the next one isn't until the actual ball when she goes oh that's so romantic how you are romantic Mm-hmm. I think we could have
2: spent more time with her and it would have been more right. satisfying. Yeah.
0: The only, This is the thing. There's only three real character arcs in this story, right? It's the two main leads. It's it's Giselle, the lawyer. Yes. Yes. Right? Uh, and and, and uh, it's uh, Robert. Robert. And it's um, Spinal's, the Wormtail's character. What's his name?
2: Uh, Nathaniel.
0: Nathaniel. Those are the three that have arcs. Everyone else in the story is a casualty of it.
2: Everybody else is, yeah, pretty static. Even yes. if they're enjoyable characters, they're pretty static. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Edward doesn't change. That's for damn sure. Adina Menzel just kind of changes out of nowhere. I can't even remember right. her character's it name.
1: It's kind of funny that. I just,
2: I can't help. Like, again, uh-huh. she's in New York. She's being the most New York of well, all of them she's, because she's, it's her. It's Adina Menzel. She's
1: a New Yorker. This yeah. is her element. Oh, no, of
2: course. And all I can see is Maureen from Rent. So. <laughs>
0: So I I thought it was really cool how um the prince what's his name? Prince, prince Edward. Prince. prince Edward. Um he he he's so conceited. He's so unbelievably conceited that he can't understand any of the messages from Pip. Yeah. But they never really do anything with that. He's no. just conceited because princes I guess are conceited in the Disney world I wouldn't even say that's true because they don't spend enough time on the princes to establish that yeah
2: we don't you're right we don't spend any time with anybody except again maybe Philip and Philip comes Uh off as a as she's supposed to be chivalrous but I guess this is when you take it and flip it on its head a little more he's just like if she's gonna be seemingly very airheaded and very vapid and not have any context in her world he's gonna lean into if it's as a parody a very conceited very egotistical but also kind of dumb he's Mm -hmm. almost he's almost gaston in a way yes except not as much of a dude bro bastard you know it's weird
0: because he's more gaston like than he should be because he's not coded like gaston at all
2: He's even got the weird sidekick because Nathaniel start when we first see Nathaniel, mm. he's basically the sidekick in a weird way to him, but we know that is he's he, actually working for for Narissa. So he's is, is
0: Nathaniel. He's like the LeFou. Meant hmm. to be Lafu or is there another example you guys can think of? Uh I think he is like Lafu is the main uh inspiration main reference.
2: To me, he's a he's every Disney villain sidekick. Or to henchman, he, he's kind of that idea. He's a little bit of like if I have a, a flying side example. monkey. <laughs> well, he's he's a little bit of um of LeFou. He's a little bit of um uh Are you- Ed, Ed, Edgar the Butler? From, from Aristocats. Well, Igor
1: well, the Butler wasn't mm-hmm. like he's he a little the, bit. He's a main villain though.
2: Okay. He, I mean, he's, he is, but at the same time, he's also a weird sidekick in a strange way.
1: I'm, I'm going through I'm like gonna, he has
2: that mentality. He,
1: here's the thing: I'm going through it in my head. You know what I'm? He's thinking? also
2: the huntsman. If you think I about it. it, if you're going with Snow White, he's the one who has to like. Betray the trust of someone he claims to work for.
0: In sure, no, that's a direct direct reference to Snow White because they have the apple,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. he's he's the yeah. The
1: the only other close one I can think of, um, uh because it, it's LeFou. LeFou is in no in no doubt in my mind. Right, he, visually,
0: he's LeFou.
2: Yeah, um, I'm but, trying to think about people who do goofy disguises though. Like to me, that also feels like a Disney trope as well.
0: Isn't there a character who's kind of like monkey-like? I'm trying to remember. Like I didn't. The, I haven't been watching through all the Disney movies like you guys have. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm racking my I'm brains. Trying, well, one.
1: I mean.
2: But LeFou is the one that most that most definitely comes to mind.
1: In uh, if you think about in um, okay, Little Mermaid. He he has uh, his. Oh my goodness. Uh, Grimsby. Grimsby. He has the. He's supposed to be a Grimsby, type character but in disguise is actually a lefou character um i'm going yeah i'm trying to go okay I
2: was, yeah i think Grim, grimsby is a much better example good good point
0: yeah he's uh, not a yago i think it's no
2: he's not a yago
0: but i don't it, think i don't think yago can be repeated by anyone else <laughs> Godfrey just like killed that character. like no one else can do that <laughs> no nope. there's no one else in the world who the hell is grimsby though i'm trying to he's who's the, grimsby?
2: he's the butler he's the, like the, uh, the valet for prince eric very and, old guy in little mermaid and that's little mermaid.
0: like he, I,
1: i'm saying that's his kind of role that's his job sure. Sure. But, but he i feel like lefou is just the main inspiration in all honesty i can't think the only other one
0: i can think of is the one he's character. A, he's the sidekick to the big strong strapping mad, lad right yes. whatever yes right. whatever villain or good guy whatever right
2: but he but unlike other characters he gets a redemption arc and it's like Right. It's, de- it's okay it's decent. you
0: know it's cute it's cute yeah. what they do with him it's, yeah. it is cute him calling into the radio station like <laughs> i enjoyed that
2: i did too and i will say um and i i just got to say i think timothy spall in general is a fantastic actor i've seen this right? man play i've seen this same man play winston churchill and it's <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was in the king's speech and it's a small part but it's very exciting and so i mean most people see him and they go oh it's peter pettigrew from harry potter <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm like
0: that's yeah no i just call him Wormtail because i don't know his name Yeah.
2: but he but again i think of him there and then he was like he's churchill and he's he's in this and he's he's done a fair amount of 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 roles and he's got a pretty yeah. wide body of work so i'm kudos to to timothy's ball he's mm-hmm. a great actor yeah
1: mm-hmm. uh, i will i'm i want to just bring this up because it's Probably the best scene in the whole movie
0: is that's how you know.
1: We were gonna get around to this. I know
2: it. So no no, if there's any scene we're gonna dissect, it's this one. Yeah.
0: Before we get there, like I wanted to say that this movie is very well made because they managed to hit all of the points that they wanted to hit, right? They had the big dance number, the review in Central Park. They had the ball at the end, right? Mm -hmm. They had the scene where they go shopping, right, and have this the the change yourself montage. Yeah. They have all of the stuff they wanted to do, right? Yeah, her, pretty in much. In the ball gown, her, like, ah, uh, like I I don't know. It was all on purpose, and I, I loved it. Sorry. It's a
2: very well crafted movie in that mm-hmm. respect. Yeah, absolutely. It does
0: hit all the beats that is that's expected to.
2: And I want to say um, too, like, it even has the the final battle with the big monster, like mm-hmm. a lot of Disney. Like that's the Sleeping Beauty moment. Yes, but. And it's interesting because Nerissa is both the evil queen and Maleficent.
0: Yes, right. That's and really the that's, two that That's they... the thing, right? So she, she, she turns into a dragon. This is another direct Sleeping Beauty reference, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, so one thing is that the dragon is- kind of ugly in comparison it is but it beauty is,
2: it is but much like pip it's an animated creature that's from an from a cartoon world so it's look it, the fact that it looked cartoony didn't bother you
0: know me. what would have been cool I but would've... that wasn't the problem it was it was the face it was how they did the face yeah. it did have a weird face. and then she's
1: talking it would have been more dangerous or it, if it they should... just let
0: her be an animal, like like yeah, the, like the dragon in Sleeping Beauty. Just let it turn into a f- animal on the dime, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I'm a little frustrated that she kept spouting out these lines about "Here's happily ever after." I don't... Right. Oh, she has and to now, now the... look at this role reversal. I'm pointing out even right, though the everyone villain can witticisms.
0: See it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: just like, uh, that was eye rolling.
0: Yeah, that was that was painful. Mm-hmm. We get it.
2: We get it. Uh, We get it. This is a deconstructing the tropes and turning around and going, Ooh, look at this. You don't have to lean that hard into it. We get it. We're genre savvy.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh man. I still fun though. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing I take issue with is like, yeah, she's supposed to be a fully formed woman, but it doesn't feel that way. Like even her, uh, like that whole moment where she's supposed to have our like a bonding time with morgan um first of all she took her dad's credit card and my heart is like (gasps) because they spend so much money he's gonna be in so much debt yeah but don't worry
0: about it kayla no. You need to, in order to be a, a pretty, a, a well-formed, realized woman, you have got to spend money. You got to spend money. And it's got to be someone else's money, in. apparently. Yes, yeah, specifically, it doesn't matter whose money it is, right? It just doesn't have to be yours because being strong, strong, independent woman, bad. Okay.
2: That that bit heats differently for our generation now that we're adults.
0: Actually, speaking of Morgan, Morgan's
1: character is hit or miss. There's moments where I totally believe she's a six-year-old, but then there's things she
0: says, I'm like, that is not what a six-year-old would say. (laughs) That's cute. Uh, My favorite scene is, uh, it's it's a terrible scene. Another terrible scene, but she's talking to to the princess about what it means to be a slut. All the boys (laughs) are only after one one thing. thing. And the princess goes, oh, what's that and she goes i don't know no one will tell me no it's a great line i i think it's a great line but you can't be a slut either kayla or you're not a real woman
1: yes i know (laughs)
0: that's fine (laughs) Eh, that's fine
1: who who wants to be a real woman anyway these
2: days overrated yeah right
1: i could instead i could go i could go the halfway route and again go the
0: that's how you know route (laughs) okay yeah so sorry let's focus on the parade scene because it's it's the best part of the movie the high point of the movie
2: and there's so many beats here that i want to touch on so
1: this took 17 days to film oh really because most of it uh most of the time it was rainy during Mm. like when they were trying to film so they had to extend it and then not only that there are 300 extras and 150 dancers for this scene for this one for this one uh uh song number uh musical number and then not only that this is also at the height of Grey's Anatomy and there are fangirls screaming off to the side because there's Patrick Dempsey and they're like, I love you,
2: Dr. McDreamy.
1: Oh, ew. (laughs)
2: Apparently apparently
0: that was an issue during filming and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. There was a point where I was watching this movie and I was just watching Patrick Dempsey going, is that, is that, no. Is that, is that yeah. a wig? Is he wearing a <laughs> wig? No, I think his hair is just like that. Yeah, it Maybe. is.
1: Maybe. It is. But
0: it, it's it's so far forward, right? That y- you think he's like wearing a toupee or something sometimes.
1: So interestingly <laughs> enough, um, uh, Patrick Dempsey actually has a career when he was a teenager or early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it's and they're like very 80s films type movies like um uh and they're kind of uncomfortable though like one of them he's a it's called lover boy and he's like a prostitute okay going through uh going through like a pizza service and then in another movie he uh he asked he basically bribes the popular girl to go out with him and he would help her pass spanish it's that's his that movie is basically the um basis for uh love don't cost a thing which mm-hmm. much later oh
2: yeah that,
0: that movie has heath ledger in it right it, no it wasn't heath ledger it was I oh it, never mind uh wasn't it like a little bow wow or something like that i can't remember never mind never mind anyway
1: point being uh uh but if you look at him when he's younger he is kind of awkward looking mm. like he has uh he has like a big nose he's um uh, like, uh, he, he like uh, he just doesn't seem like he's grown into himself. And then he is just one of those men that, like, when he got into his 30s. Once or- he got
0: hidden age, yeah. Yeah, when he, he got into his chin, right? Yep. It,
1: it just, the, but the chin didn't work because, I yeah, I think he was just too, he seems too skinny. It's like, uh, he just looked awkward and he came across as, yeah. and, and that was the roles he played. He played the awkward nerd boys. Mm -hmm. and then yeah he's just one of those men like in his late in his 30s and 40s just grew into himself and became dr mcdreamy so Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. okay
2: he doesn't have a lot to do in this song
0: no he's just there there. he's there he's there
2: to be confused when everybody else gets caught up in what is giselle's greatest ability which is to turn the real world around her into a musical number just by evoking the power of song (laughs) This is a real legitimate power she has, and it's never more obvious than in this scene where she's bringing into Disney logic into, and it's 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 the the best best power. It's the best power, and it's this is the best scene in the movie, and it's the best music, and I love, love, love this part.
0: Oh
1: yeah, one of the cutest things. So, um, you know how there's all these old men. Uh, mm-hmm, Lenny, the with the big cabbage daisy it's so cute uh, all of <laughs> uh, all of those old men they were uh chimney sweeps in mary poppins
0: oh they're yeah. all like dancers okay what about the women i have no idea i don't I think they were just <laughs> don't a domain.
1: okay <laughs> but like yeah they were uh they were all they all played chimney sweeps in mary poppins okay. and then were brought back like this is 40 years later and they're brought back to be
0: like uh, do a little bit of dancing and such and I'm i like, love
2: their little choreographed dance moves They're yeah. just, that's adorable
0: yeah so what exactly did you want to talk about in the scene
2: i think everything, everything.
0: just everything it's just it's just fun right it, oh yeah So you got a couple different styles of music you got a couple different styles of love like like that specific kind of love where you show it right Yes. Yeah. To, to support the, the, the theme of the song, right? Uh-huh. Where you're giving flowers or you're dancing or you're wearing clothes.
2: That match their eyes.
1: Right. <laughs> wait, can we talk about that line that makes no sense? He'll wear your favorite color. So,
0: wait. Just no. so that he can match your, your eyes.
1: Well, what?
2: <laughs> Why is your favorite color your eye color? Eye color.
0: Or, yeah, or something like
1: that, right? Yeah, so he'll wear your favorite color just so he can match your eyes. Kayla, but, don't ruin the whimsy. Okay, it's fine. The light is, is fine. No, no, no. <laughs> and I think the, the, the why this part works is basically the best part of all the film, like most of the film. You got Amy Adams, like in her um,
0: element, you got Patrick Dempsey just being shocked by everything, which is right. hilarious. And it's uh. the middle of the movie, which, as you pointed out, is when the the they everybody stops singing in the song. It starts going, what? What's happening? <laughs> well,
2: actually, at the end, what's great is everybody, everybody cheers. Everybody loses it. Like, we don't know why this happened to us and why the entirety of Central Park up just pulled into this when it was just her and that one, like, Calypso band. Yes. But, like, mm-hmm. they... And by the way, big props to the Calypso band for being the first people. Yeah, to get into it. Because they're the ones who established the great rhythm. If the song had been just a, how do I know? And it doesn't have the, that's how you know that. That's the best part of it. It's just Mm -hmm. that backbeat, that like kind of, Ah, oh, it's uh, great. So,
0: um, can I just point out how this scene looks more Disney than Central Park? Because yeah, it yes, does. it does it's a parade in Disneyland. That's what it is. It, <laughs> it absolutely is. What it is.
2: But that's the and that's the point. That's what's so great. This is they know they wanted to be this way, and it's all because she is evoking that and bringing that magic into the into the space. She mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's this interesting magical ability, like you said,
2: she can already conjure she, she, animals if
1: she starts singing magical stuff happens Mm -hmm. i wish she would have
2: used that to fight the dragon (laughs) at the end wouldn't that have been cool (laughs) she starts singing and everybody at the ball just gets together it's like the mob song and beauty and the beast and they just go up and they beat the crap out of the dragon
1: (laughs) um uh
2: I mean, I, I I I'm not sure what else to talk about except to gush at how cool it is and how that's yeah it's why it, it's, it's lovely.
0: It's so like <sighs> this is this is this is one thing ugh, I want to talk about. This like I want to frame it first before we talk about it. But, okay. Uh, <sighs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I I'm enjoying. How
0: no, this scene positive is positive
2: we all we all feel. No, of no, those. no, it's
0: so great, but this movie is it's weird at the same time because it's insidious, right?
2: Yes. because um,
1: yeah. there. Okay, there is a lot of things wrong with this film. Don't get me wrong.
0: Right. There, and I'm it, just trying to think about how to frame this argument. I
1: I think there's some messages that don't work. I don't think the way she becomes a fully formed woman is She's not a fully
0: formed woman. No,
1: she not even at the end. She's not. It doesn't right. really work too well. Um, right.
0: Well, but- what? What? I, what? I wanted to point out about this scene is how whimsical and amazing it is, and it leaves you with this feeling of happiness and 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 goodness. Yes. But then this entire movie is about about what? About shirking your responsibilities? Don't have a career? Um, specifically, there's the scene towards the beginning of the movie where he hands a little girl the book and he talks about the women that are in it. And he points out two women. he points out Rosa Parks and he points out Marie Curie. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he points out Marie Curie, he's like, she's this wonderful woman. She's she's so great and talented and she dies of radiation poisoning. And the daughter gives him this look like, huh? Why'd you give me this book? It's not a fairy tale book. I don't want this book and, and sort of implying and then he starts to talk about his 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 current love interest Adina Mansell's character right yeah sort of implying that if he gets with this woman or proposes to her proposes to this woman, their life will end in tragedy because I mean, she's an independent woman it, it, the whole
1: message is very mixed it's it doesn't Because here's, again, they have, they make fun of the whole, oh, getting married too, or falling in love too fast, but then, like, the two characters, like, basically get romantically together after, like, two days, so that point gets thrown out the window.
2: It's still more time than falling into your lap Someone's lap and then literally them being We're, We've known each other for five seconds Let's right. get married
1: Yeah, and But but it's like yeah I know they go on date, They actually do go on a date They actually do hmm. connect and all that I think um, But also you are correct too Like what is what, um, If she's supposed to be this Fully formed woman like at the end She actually does start her job She Or start a career She does end up uh, we don't know how many years later this is, but she ends up um, starting her own fashion company for uh, uh, making kind of these like fairy
0: tale uh, dresses for girls. Well, and she and doesn't she start some sort of princess club where the all the little girls get together and dance and jump around and go yeah? Yeah, I think. uh you know, honestly, I think that's just. Um,
1: a lot of companies will do that. Like, it, um, if there's a way to host, I feel a party. like that's
0: direct Disney merchandising right there. Yeah, right.
1: I th- basic yes and no. There are companies that will basically be like,
0: "Oh, we sell these products, but we also do birthday parties, so you can possibly right. buy our products." And this is this is sorry. This is why I bring up Lindsay Ellis specifically because what she says is that this movie exists in the disney uh universe because they're trying to make princesses more relevant again in a modern era and this movie if you follow it down the line what starts happening after this movie we start getting live action recuts of other movies right i don't think that was meta commentary
1: in In all honesty i don't think that was the intention when they made Mm. this film i really don't um the fact that Bill Kelly wrote this script as a like kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek thing uh, that was also kind of racy appealed to Disney at the time. Because, again, their main concern was, oh my gosh, Jeffrey Katzenberg just m- made a hit with Shrek, which basically makes fun of
0: Disney and fairy tales. Mm-hmm. We need to make more films like that. Sure. And, and I'm not nec- not necessarily talking about what this movie's intent was. I'm more talking about the the takeaway that corporate suits got from this movie. And mm-hmm. it's that we need more meta commentary on Disney movies. It's not that we need to think in new in different ways. It's that the thing that this movie did specifically needs to be repeated ad nauseum until everybody hates it.
2: <laughs> the
1: thing is that still doesn't happen until much later though if you okay. think about it like okay like the next movie's coming up we have um, it's
2: still very much there I'm experimenting right yeah like- it's
1: still this is a point where they're still trying to figure out what they're they want to do um, okay. uh, later on like we get, we get meet the Robinsons we get Bolt I mean this is the same company that the last movie for Chicken Little that Michael Eisner had said no I want um, a boy because uh, boys will not see uh, movies with female characters. So you have to have, but girls will go see films with male characters. Mm -hmm. You have to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, In all honesty, I think what really pushed that forward was
0: Frozen. Because Frozen really did a lot more deconstruction. Because we had Alice in Wonderland before that in 2010, I think. Alice in Wonderland was also a deconstruction.
2: I've never it seen it. It wasn't a
0: good one. Tangled came out before that. Alice in Wonderland came out before that. And then Tangled, they also do that you can't marry a man you just met thing. Yeah, they get to know each other.
1: I feel like but here's the thing uh I feel like they were still experimenting at this point I think this I think probably Enchanted got people maybe had Disney realizing oh maybe we can have female leads again and then they did I think that's what kind of encouraged them probably to bring back um Princess and the Frog later on I don't know we haven't hit Mm. that beat yet um and I'll see what happens when we do um but that didn't do as well as they expected but tangled did tangled uh, was
0: well that's the thing is tangled was a really good movie
1: once again well, i mean it, okay tangled was a really good movie but so was prince of the Prog- princess but tangled made we're not talking about like quality we're talking about box office sales mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: which is all they really care that's about that's their there.
1: main concern here mm-hmm. um, tangled had from what i've from what i've gathered or from what i've seen had a bigger box office uh, or than what was expected of Princess and the Frog. Mm. And I think that encouraged me to like, okay, let's keep going down the 3D route.
0: For sure. And, and then, but we're not going specifically down the 3D route. We're going down the live action route, right?
1: Uh, but I feel, I mean, okay. With Alice in Wonderland though, that was like, That was like a tip, like dipping their toe Mm -hmm. into the waters of that part. Because Alice in Wonderland also is basically an, this is absolutely a Tim Burton Mm -hmm.
0: field vehicle. So there's something else to
1: sell this movie on. Yeah, so, and it's, yeah, it's field vehicle. Tim Burton is very popular still at this point with like a lot of his films that have come out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas made a renaissance, like. Yeah, but that was like 10, 20 years before that point. It was at, well, okay, the film came out in 93. It uh-huh. it resurfaced, like, into popularity, yeah. like, in the early 2000s. Why? We have no way, I'm not sure how, I think it was- Well, it's
0: because everybody who was a kid, five years later went, you know what movie I really like? And I started to watch it every Halloween.
1: Yeah, and then, but it did resurface, and it it grew in popularity, and apparently it's very popular in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um it is definitely the definition of like a zombie hit like didn't do well but then it rose back up again Mm -hmm. um uh but no, it's just i'm not necessarily saying
0: it's it's a direct line from here to live action movies it's just one looks at the live action movies and go and goes why is this even happening Frozen made more money. Tangled made more money. They're new things. I, Why are we recrafting because, these movies? Because because we're in the world of postmodernism.
1: This is so. This is actually more of a film thing than anything. Have you noticed? It's not just Disney doing this. There are so many movies right now that are coming out that are remakes. People are more likely to go see a film if they know the source material or mm. they're familiar with it. Uh, marvel has proven that with like in with like and has created like tentpole films and all that and they they basically have started a whole trend but there are there are a lot of remakes that are coming out through other places this is not surprising with disney either mm-hmm. like like disney's like okay all of our um people who grew up with these disney films are getting older they are now having kids and stuff like that we should re-release it so they'll want to come see and be like, oh, I love that film when I was a kid. And then they'll bring their kids. And it, it's one of those type of business moves. So- Repeat
2: ad nauseum. Yes. hmm
1: okay. So there is, there is a method to it and it's not surprising. And this is going to happen. I can tell you without a doubt, 10 years down the line, they will do this- with They're other- not gonna have any new material left by that point. Yeah, I mean, cause what did they do after that? Like they did Alice in Wonderland, but Alice in Wonderland isn't exactly like a full on Disney product. There's a lot of other materials that came off of Alice in Wonderland. Like we had um, um, uh, American McGee's Alice before that. Like people have made their own interpretations of Alice. This mm-hmm. was definitely the one that came out, even it just happened to be through Disney, but it is absolutely Tim Burton's vision. And then after that they did cinderella which is more or less in the more simplistic sort of thing it's like it's a very easy thing again
0: one when was when did they remake cinderella um it was, it was a while ago at this point yeah i think again
1: i think it was just a natural progression when they're like yeah. seeing other places like going like oh they're remaking other films and seem to be doing well this company is also remaking films and seems to be doing well we have a media nostalgia like disney has a group of people who have a nostalgia for disney Mm -hmm. and they're getting older and again they're having kids and they're like we can recycle this and say remember this remember when you were a kid and you
0: like this movie come see it so okay all right all right sorry maybe we should get back to the enchanted movie that we're supposed to be talking about but no no no, this is fascinating
2: it is important though to talk about deconstruction of a genre anyway because this movie is supposed to be about that and it did well and so it's not surprising that other things down the line would be about deconstructing something people already know and trying to reframe it, rebuild it, remash it, Mm -hmm. remix it, and that sort of thing. This is a love letter, but also a slight bit of like poking fun at itself, which is, it it does in a very, um, I I think a pretty intelligent way. Mm -hmm. Not every, not every film is going to be this gracious or understanding of its source material. Right. And the deconstruction feels a little bit more like, you see this thing, do you see how dumb this thing is? Whereas I feel like this one is doing it with tongue tongue very firmly in cheek. Mm -hmm. So the strength of this film is that it both embraces and pokes fun at its own source material and nowhere I feel is that, and, and when it embraces it and loves it, that's when I think the film makes you it makes you right. smile the most. It's not, it's
0: it's not a cool. cold read of the material. It's a loving read of the material. Yes. Exactly.
2: And I think a lot of more recent Disney remakes are very cold reads of the material and mm-hmm. just trying to go, how do we make this more, how do we make this film more, uh, you know, X, Y, Z? But, but sometimes they do it and it falls flat because it just feels like it's there for the sake of being there instead of doing anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. So- the other- yeah, but, but th- here here in this case it's still just like it's it's we're still at the beginning. It's not trying to do anything but kind of be itself and be entertaining. Right.
0: It's telling I, a new story and what I'd like to point out here is that I really wanted to see this movie when it came out because the premise felt fresh to me. Yes. Yes, right? Yes. So you feel like you're watching something that's adding to the story, not regurgitating something you already know.
2: Absolutely. It's it's And that's one of the reasons I saw it, despite the fact that around the time when I was this old, uh, you know, when it first came out, I was so jaded with Disney as a company in general because they had just abandoned the animation
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: department. And here there was
0: animation coming back.
2: There was, I mean, not just animation, but also the fact that it was in the end, a love letter to itself Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. was making fun of the parts that you kind of, but it's not, look how stupid this is it's more like haha, ha, isn't it funny I kind of eye rolling like you kind of you kind of got to accept it for what it is this is the way it is in the funny goofy and fantasy world and ha 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 and it's like for some reason that's that's better to me than like when it feels hollow because mm-hmm. in other remakes I've seen it does feel hollow it doesn't feel like they're poking fun for the sake of it like still embracing it for what it is like we're changing this because it needs to be changed, rather than you know Kevin Lima directing it and, and clearly loving the source material and oh, drawing yeah. from it. And it's like with the cameos and everything too. A moment that made me smile that I I didn't get when I first watched, but I do now because of this podcast is when they're in the hotel room and on the TV there's different random things going on, and it's in the background. It's not that important, but a, a clip from Fun and Fancy Free is playing, and it's the the freaking ventriloquist dummy. Uh, and that's on. a little side bit from fun and fancy i'm like how many people would get that
1: yeah it, well, because we've been doing didn't this get
2: podcast that. for years we recognize that and it's like oh that's cute
0: i mean i there's a lot of
2: more and there's more than that but i like
0: that he treats the tv like a magic mirror I yeah think. that's
2: i like that too
0: he kisses it like it's giving him information
2: mm-hmm.
1: which it uh, is he just happens to choose the right channel
2: yeah right
0: uh, right
1: uh, i think um and it, it like the casting is pretty good. There's some poor casting choices. I think it's very interesting that they'll cast people like, Hey, you know, we should get some Disney Legends. Let's get the voice of the little mermaid to play um Robert's
0: assistant. Mm-hmm. That's a weird That okay. was cool. Yeah. She was awesome too. She yeah. was pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like I the- can't
0: find this place Andalusia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how sarcastic she is. She's so great. And she actually does make fun of that whole berries and <laughs>
2: if we're we're coming around to like if we're coming around to certain other beat points that I I enjoy uh, I like I actually like the moments where Giselle is commenting on random things around her being beautiful like that huge fertility statue in the (laughs) lobby yes beautiful and like that was cool and like the the woman who's trying to get the divorce like you know complimenting her on her hair saying that she's beautiful and it's like it's so sweet
0: Mm -hmm. you know okay it's sweet but here's something and I don't I'm not comfortable talking about this, but I feel like it needs to be talked about. <sighs> I feel like I'm pulling a card I shouldn't be pulling, but don't you never touch a black woman's hair? Isn't that like a thing? Yeah, you shouldn't. You should never do that. Um, and I get that it's like innocent, but this is, this movie is, it's very white. Yeah. It's oh, very, no. very, very white. It is it's exceptionally white. There's a it's, lot. Of it's movies. radiantly white. So, and one has to wonder about the the lady telling the black couple how they need to be in love correctly. I I, I don't know. It, it's not again. I don't this know.
2: woman can influence people with her will.
0: It's sure. This, she
2: created a giant musical number in Central Park.
1: I will say though, the the couple, the Mister and Mister Banks, ha ha ha. Uh, oh yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> They're the Bankses.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, and a, another thing, Bisme pointed out because even though he's not a lawyer. You can talk about he he pointed this out. I asked them. So in the beginning scene, there's the couples fighting over a baseball card, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: the lawyer character gets fed up and he leaves the room and he says, All right, I'll see you Monday. You don't do that. <laughs> Never leave. You're quiet no. alone with the opposing counsel. Don't do that. No. 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 Uh, I will say though, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Banks. They actually had more chemistry than
1: Robert and um <laughs> Giselle, oh, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, you can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is funny. Like I like when I see like they're like holding hands and they're looking at you. I'm like, yeah, I believe their chemistry. Why don't I believe it with the with the main mm-hmm. couple? This is weird.
2: It's a very good question. Um, but yeah, um God, I feel like we've we've pulled this, we've pulled some parts of this movie apart pretty yeah. far.
0: The other thing I think we should focus on is um, the, the, the the what what are we as as women supposed to take away from this movie? Career women are boring and and be a jobless uh, cuz so okay so we have the two main leads right the two ladies we have Indina Menzel's character and Amy Adams' character mm. and Amy Adams' She, she was going to be a princess and now she marries a rich New Yorker and so she's never going to have to work for her life again. The one career woman that the movie did have just said <laughs> it to her career, move to a new place became a princess and never worried about anything ever again. And but threw her phone. phone away. She broke her phone.
1: But, uh, but Giselle does end up being a career woman and starts her own business and all. that. Oh, yeah. OK, the, 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 but, but you're right. The message is very, very muddled. And that's uh-huh. oh, that's the main issue with this film. It has a very muddled message. They, they're trying to present one thing. It doesn't hit the mark completely. Mm-hmm. Um.
2: Well, uh, if anything, we want to talk about good character arcs that have a, a satisfying ending. There's Nathaniel going from a sidekick to uh, being a, a published writer. author.
0: Yeah, right. That he by far, he, yes,
2: he gained well, self confidence and self love.
0: The other thing I would point out, and and um, is that the what does the what is the little girl supposed to take away from this? Wait, I have no
1: idea anymore. Because
0: uh. yeah, right, because um. Again. This is why I think this movie it in some sense exists to sell princess classes or something, right?
1: I don't think that's it. Like based okay. on how this film came about, how this film, like how the director is creating this film and the effort and care they're putting into this, I don't think it is a vehicle to sell princess toys. That sure. doesn't that doesn't like that I don't think that was the intention of the director, nor I don't think it was even the intention of um, the studio. The studio, I think, just really, really wanted a film that felt like Shrek. Like, oh,
0: we can be cynical and all that. And they're they're leaning into the meta commentary and you don't, but they're also leaning into the princess thing. I mean, Amy Adams is beautiful in this movie.
1: Yeah, and, but I think- I don't think the intention was to sell Disney princess toys. I think it was, it really was trying to get the movie to sell more than anything. Cause one of the things they did want to do, they wanted a celebrity uh, to play like a big, a big well-known celebrity to play um, Giselle and Kevin Lima said, no, that's not a good idea. We should try to get someone unknown. So it, uh, so was that way, Amy
0: Adams unknown at this point?
1: So it, what they did is, um, it, it was a bounce. So Amy Adams isn't unknown, but she was at the time kind of an indie darling. Uh, mm. She she had just, um, she was not in an independent hit or she was recently in a hit independent film called June Bug. Mm. And so she's not like a full on celebrity but she did something um, that w- was considered popular. And they're like, okay, it,
0: it, was, a, it was a middle ground.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the movies I know her from, she's range for sure, she is range. Um, but the the only thing I'd ever see, seen her in uh, since, I've seen her in a couple of movies, specifically The Arrival and Drop Dead Gorgeous. And she plays a full on slut in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, I I think that was yeah, her. Although that movie is another meta, freaking amazing. <laughs> but anyways, um,
1: but yeah, like I I'm looking through um, her. Chop chop! This was in
0: 1999. Okay. She
1: was she was in Catch Me If, if You Can. I, re- I remember that, but she was in a very small role in that film. Like y- she was in she, you almost blink once and you see her and you're like, oh yeah, mm, you mm-hmm. kind of you kind of forget she's in there and that but then she was in Junebug which was a bit of a hit and then um because she actually received an Academy Award nomination for the her role in this film okay. so yeah that was that's why they were like okay we can allow it <laughs> instead of like getting um I'm sure, I, I forgot who they were considering for the role I should look into that but um, but yeah they're they're hoping for the studio wants someone big so it could draw in more people I, I okay. feel like their focus was on the movie itself and trying to basically bring in as many people to see it as possible their focus was on the film not the merchandise because um, again they were hoping to make more of a racier pg-13 but not quite pg-13 film with this Mm. that's more cynical a la Shrek. And they decide.
2: Something
0: that appeals to the entire family, which this does. Yes. Yeah.
2: But then Mm. this one. And isn't that what a Disney movie is supposed to be? Yeah. Isn't that what Walt intended?
0: (laughs) Instead, this goes
1: the more, as David mentioned, the more loving route, the more tongue in cheek route. The more homage route. Yes. Yeah. That's more.
2: More homage, less parody.
1: Yes. Um, Although I find it Mm. funny that they did hire Steven Schwartz and Alan Menken to write the songs. And Alan Menken's writing self parody music of his <laughs> own music. Hey, you know how you wrote like under the sea? Can you make a song like that kind of making poking fun? Yeah, under- use
0: some steel drums, please. <laughs> That's
2: uh, how you know that it's Menken.
0: <laughs> but he, he he said, I always
1: tried to make um, my songs for Disney tongue in cheek if he could i mean mm-hmm. yeah we i could um he and howard ashman oh my goodness i could go into ways they tried to sneak things past disney but mm-hmm. um i, I y- you can listen to past episodes beauty and the beast especially but,
2: absolutely um i
1: i think i think we've talked about this as in as much detail as possible. yeah
2: yeah this went on for a while but I don't think that's a bad thing at all it just meant that I think Enchanted and we haven't done an Animusings Plus like you said earlier we haven't done an Animusings Plus in a while and this was a great way to get back to that to talk about this movie that ultimately doesn't have a ton of animation to it but it's such a love letter to the animated medium of Disney films and it had to be discussed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. its impact cannot be I think understated for where it did take sort of the direction of. Like we've already talked about movies that would come later that were supposed to be also deconstructions. Mm-hmm. So um I think it's important I, to talk about. We don't talk yeah, about no. every movie, but we talk about the ones I, I really was
0: matter. I was really looking forward to talking about this movie with you guys because I it to watch it leaves me in a very weird place of dissonance, right? Because yeah. it's like it's so much fun to watch, but it leaves me like feeling unsatisfied with where the characters ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I'm like, what are, you know? And I don't know. And I don't know. What are we teaching our children kind of thing?
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, know,
0: there there are bigger issues in the world than this movie, for sure. But at the same time, <laughs> one <laughs> has to wonder why they really you can't just like something blind. Like, this is a movie that one should critically think about and make sure yes. that they understand what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Um. And the love letter to Disney parts are absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's strange. But the story of becoming independent and becoming a full woman, it's not strong enough, as Kayla said. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not, it's awfully fully realized.
1: Uh, I know for a fact that they are working on um, Enchanted 2, which is supposed to take 10 years after the first so
2: it's not happily ever after
1: no it's kind of i don't know what the premise is going to be specifically but i know that there are they are working on it um amy adams do you think it'll
0: ever see the light of real day
1: i mean they got they got the actors uh prepared to act in it and all that they have the script written i don't they're talking about going through with it i don't know it doesn't need to happen though i don't know when though but the problem is we did just we're still in pandemic times and that mm. da- is a factor for a lot of it's movies gonna be gonna hard
0: to do d- big dance numbers in the middle of central park yeah
1: <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens i mean it seems like it's going to go through like i i, I have a it, i'm a i'm pretty positive it's going to go through based off what i'm reading but who knows um
2: this doesn't need a sequel i'm just being honest. It, it
1: doesn't but
2: but like anything that um. disney does sequel, make a sequel, make a remake, make a if They can mm, if they can mm. bring people back. They can. we'll never we're not talking about the live action remake on no. this on this uh-uh. podcast because they don't have and
1: animation. They have
2: no animation.
1: Not, we're talking about the animation history, not yeah. Uh, not the
2: not the remakeness. No. No.
1: Uh if it if it if there's if it's something It's relevant. If it is relevant, like I feel like this film is absolutely relevant, then we will discuss it, but after Disney um, animation studios, we'll, we'll go back and forth, of course. Uh, our plan is to eventually move on to um, Don Bluth and then uh, mm. eventually go on to other uh, animation history. Yeah. Other stuff. in animation I mean, after history. all, there's
2: going to be a big gap between films once we've gotten all caught up. And you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Realizing that as we move forward, we're getting into the last, uh, we're, we're coming into the last like maybe 15 years
1: yeah which is
2: saying something considering we started this with a movie that released in the 19 uh, the 1930s
1: i know it's 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 strange because it's now i'm i'm good it's getting to a point where i'm basically almost an adult when these movies are starting to come out yep Mm -hmm. and i have vivid memories now like i actually have like i'm like yeah i remember going to this i actually remember possibly getting a buying a ticket for this who i went with like these are um, uh, these are actually memories that I'm that I can hold in my brain. It's not like oh, when I was a child, you know? yeah so it, it's, it's different,
2: and we have. I think we should acknowledge that the perspective is different. Mm-hmm. These are the movies that are coming up are not ones I saw. Even like I never saw Chicken Little, and a lot of these coming up, I haven't seen either. Yeah, Enchanted mm-hmm. is rare. Enchanted is the is one I did see and uh, do remember. It's
0: one that that you you hear the premise of and you go, oh, I want to see that, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then yeah, the next film we're going to be watching is Meet the Robinsons. Uh, that actually. We should be releasing um, at the end of the month uh, or very, or very Very shortly
2: on the heels of this one. So stay tuned.
1: Yes, please. Uh, And neither David or I have ever seen this film before. So. um, Which bodes well. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Paprika, thank you so much for joining us for this. It's Mm -hmm. like, this felt really in depth and it's, it's great to have uh, a back and forth, back and forth with a film like this. This is one of the reasons I love uh, Animusings Plus, because it's more free form, and I feel like mm-hmm. w- um, we don't have to be so like, stuck oh, on
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's- yeah uh, we, I deeply appreciate the insight and the thought and the care that you bring to these discussions, Ruprika. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Sure, I mean, I, I got something out of it too. Thank you
2: very much. Well, now that we're all wrapped up, I think one there's only one last thing that needs to be addressed. What's that? Well, recently a dragon fell out of the sky and <laughs> fell on the ground and turned into a literal glitter apocalypse. <laughs> So we're going to need a lot of push brooms and a fire hose.
0: We didn't talk about the ending of this movie at all. Is that an oversight? I eh. did. Eh. I just because know that there's a
2: lot of dragon glitter as the result. There's of the a lot of
0: dragon. Movie. She catches him instead of him catching her. Yeah, we don't need um, to. They, talk they about make that out on it. the okay. roof. They make out on the roof In and the then they live ever after happily.
2: There's a pop up book. There's a perfect shoe fit with Adina Menzel really though she should leave him and get back with joanne (laughs) 105 minutes of super mario brothers in the can can't believe we did it. Uh, what's next? Obviously, Dunstan checks in. Oh, you mean the 1996 ape film directed by Ken Quapis? That's right. We're going to watch it one minute at a time. And for each minute that we watch, we're going to find a film that pairs nicely, like a, a wine with a fine dinner. Sounds great. See you next week. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan, Dunstan checks min. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at com.